Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. When the Bellingham Bells are on the diamond, you know it's summer in Whatcom County. As a member of the West Coast League, the Bells compete in a 57-game season throughout the months of June, July, and August. The players, who are college athletes, play other teams in Washington, Oregon, and British Columbia. My name is Keith Mater, and on this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I speak with Stephanie Morell, the general manager for the Bellingham Bells. Stephanie, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Keith. So we're pretty close to the opening game for the 2022 season. How are preparations shaping up? Yeah, they're coming right along. It feels like every year uh, May comes and you're just like, oh my goodness, it's it's right around the corner. But we've got a great staff and we're just, you know, this time of year it's getting things out and shaking the dust off and uh, just trying to get those preparations so that uh, the ballpark looks great and we're ready for fans on May 31st. But uh, things are, are going well. We're really excited and um, just this past weekend hosted some high school baseball games, got the concession stand open and uh, kind of working the kinks out. So everything is uh, full go ahead and we're really excited for the upcoming season. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about, you know, what's new for the upcoming season. But before that, how is the team looking this year? Well, we really like what we have. And that's why we say this year, this time of year, usually always, because on paper it looks really good. And we've spent a lot of time, most of these guys were recruited by us um, in September and October. So we've had them on the roster for a good amount of time, got to watch them in their college seasons. And about 10 of them are returners. So they were with us last year. And um, and some guys, three of those guys were all league uh, honors last year. So some talented guys. So we really like what we have. And now it's just trying to get them here, trying to get them healthy. Uh, we're not necessarily rooting against their college teams, but their college teams sometimes will make a regional or a super regional, a deep playoff run, and that stops those guys from being able to come and start our season with us. And so it's just kind of an everyday, okay, who's going to be here on May 31st and making sure everyone's healthy. But we really like what we have, and um, we're lucky to have a lot of great uh, school relationships and over the years have built those up and just great kids, great players, and uh, we think it looks really good. So now we just got to get out there and, and play and see what happens. So are there any specific players that you're especially excited about? Yeah, so there's three returners I mentioned. Um, Ryan Vitell, who's a pitcher. Daniel Jernan, who's an outfielder. And Ty Saunders, who's an infielder. Those are all returning players, uh, kind of localish players. Uh, Ryan and Daniel are from British Columbia, and Ty is from Anacortes. So it's cool that it worked out that way. They're all second-year Bells and all um, had league honors last year and just had really good seasons, really kind of progressed as the season went on. So we're very, and they've had, they've all had really great college years this year as well. So really excited about those guys, um, both in the clubhouse from a leadership perspective and on the field from a production perspective. And then we've got two really high-end high school prospects this year who very well could go in the top couple rounds of the draft. So we probably won't see them till after the draft, but uh, Malcolm Moore and J.R. Ritchie, uh, really exciting players that you will see in the pros someday. So we're really excited about that. Well, I'm excited to watch those guys on the diamond this season. Before we were recording, uh, we spoke a little bit about some of the changes coming to the stadium this season. Can you talk about that? Yeah, we're doing a lot of things. Um, one of the things we're really excited is just working with you guys at WeCo. Um, you guys kind of stepped up to do a partnership this year. It's um, 
Riku Diamond at Joe Martin Field. And so lots of cool signage and um, just working with you guys on kind of making it a great experience for your members at the ballpark and kind of dressing the ballpark up a little bit. So that's been fun to kind of see some of those elements um, in action. And then the other thing is in January, Glenn Kirkpatrick, our owner, and I decided we were ready to do some things to the ballpark that would maybe enhance the fan experience a bit. We've uh, really increased our attendance and more fans come out to games and we're a little limited as far as what we have in infrastructure and space. So we are working with Dawson Construction on a big uh, project right now, adding some batting cages, moving our deck out to the outfield and creating a whole outfield concessions area where people can go out there, um, get grilled items, get beer, hang out on the deck. It's, it's going to be really cool. We're adding some shipping containers to give us more point of sales for beer and um, merchandise and things like that. So I honestly think um, it's not done yet, but I think when people arrive at the ballpark, it's going to look, you know, not brand new, but it's going to look a lot different. And we always just want to make sure that when people come back every year, that that fan experience gets heightened a little bit. And I really think this is going to do that. So we're really excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what you guys have come up with. Can you talk about some of the promotions that you have planned for the season? Right. So promotions are always kind of um, a hybrid you know, approach. So there's a lot of promotions we've been doing for 10 years, like $2 Tuesday. Everybody knows what $2 Tuesday is. Um, You know, discounted tickets, discounted concessions, discounted um, food and beverage, all sorts of things. And and that's one we do every year and people really look forward to that. So there'll be more $2 Tuesdays. There'll be more fireworks nights. Those things that are kind of your old standbys that people really look forward to, we will be doing those. Um, Some new ones as well. We're doing Kids Getting Free on Sundays. Uh, Peace Health is presenting that. So under 12... Uh, kids will get in free to games on Sundays. We'll also have some kids' activities. We'll have local nonprofits coming out and doing kids' activities, so that'll, that'll be fun. And then uh, we've partnered with Puget Sound Energy on something called Community Wednesdays. So we've selected five different nonprofits, and each one will have a Wednesday night. On those Wednesday nights, we'll donate a dollar per ticket to the nonprofit. PSE will donate $100 per Bell's Run scored, and then the nonprofit will also get the opportunity to table, throw out first pitch. So really excited about that because we have so many great organizations here, and uh, we want to help as many as we can. So some of those things will be going on. And then our old standby, we've got some giveaways. We've got a duffel bag giveaway. We've got a bobblehead giveaway. So should be a fun summer. Lots of promotions. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a lot, but so exciting. I did want to put in a little shameless plug for a few WeQ-specific promotions that are going to be happening. So on opening day, we're going to be giving out opening day pins, very limited edition uh, for the first 300 people through the gates. Then on July 17th, we'll do a baseball giveaway for kids. Finally, on July 23rd, it's WeQ Family Night at the Bells, where we have free tickets to the first 400 members who show their cards. And we'll also have Dinger coin banks for the first few hundred kids. So for those that aren't aware, can you talk about some of the mechanics for the season uh, for the players? Like, for instance, how does recruiting work? I understand they stay with host homes. And then what is travel like for the team? Say, you know, when they're up in Canada or down in Oregon. So there's a lot of moving parts uh, on the player side, and it really starts right after the season gets over. So uh, generally we start talking to returners about, you know, what we – identify some guys who might want to return. We have those conversations before they even leave Bellingham um, in August. And then we start recruiting in September and October. Our coaching staff does a lot of that. Our head coach, Adam Gieselin, is really involved. Um, I help him uh, with some of the recruiting. And it's really working those our network of college coach contacts and 
um, who know the kind of player we're looking for, the kind of kid we're looking for, you know, character-wise. And that happens in September and October, just through a lot of phone calls. We do have some pretty cool technology we have access to. We have something called Synergy, where we can type, type in a kid's name and tons and tons of video comes up um, from the West Coast League, from you know basically any game they've played in that has this Synergy software. So you can do some video recruiting. Uh, sometimes you, know, you can just get out and watch kids too, but a lot of it is just having these relationships, trusting the coaches, getting it on paper. So, um, so that's the hard part, but also the easy part um, because you get the names, you get their contracts signed, and then it's things like, okay, you got to have a passport because we're going to Canada four times. So who has a passport? Who doesn't? Who you know? And so that's a lot of the stuff I work on. Um, making sure they have a place to live is our host family program, and we really can't do what we do without the host family program. We have about thirty families that take these guys in. They feed them. Sometimes they let them use a car. They just become their family, and they give them a support system. And people always say, well, why don't you just put the bells in an apartment complex? Well. That doesn't really, uh, we could put them in an apartment complex, but then they don't get to know the area. They don't get to know families. They don't get these long-standing relationships that, you know, weddings and down the road, you know, these host families are going to weddings and sending gifts for babies. And it's a long-standing thing, and they don't they don't get that otherwise. And so it's really cool. It's a neat part of it. So, you know, on, on my end, before the players get here, there's a lot of things like that, like getting them into the host families, making sure if they have a cat allergy that they don't go into a house where there's a cat and, you know, things, a lot of moving parts. And so... When they get here, uh, the travel piece is, you know, fairly simple. It's mostly by bus. We have one plane trip, um, but it is um, a lot of organization and a lot of just dead time. You know, they go, they play a game, but then what do they do the next day until 4 o'clock when they have to come back to the ballpark? So try to get some activities for them, try to get them um, out to the gym while we're on the road. The, um, visiting, the home team takes care of a lot of that, so they put us up in a hotel, provide us with a gym, you know, things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it just depends on where we're going. It's really cool for our guys. They get to see a lot of the Pacific Northwest, a lot of neat places. They get to see Kelowna and Victoria and go on a ferry up there and bend. And so the, the travel uh, piece, I think it, our coaches, um, you know, they really kind of run that. And um, you, you kind of get it down once, once you go through a few road trips. But it's really where the team comes together and gels. And um, it's almost funny how many, you know, Safeways you go to and the, it's like, you feel like you're at Safeway or whatever's open at 11 o'clock at night, like every single night. But it's kind of brings the team, team together. It's not glamorous, but it's similar to a minor league lifestyle. And that's really what these guys all want to attain. So they're kind of getting used to it there. So it's fun. It's a, it's a grind, but it's a fun grind and uh, definitely a lot of logistics. What a fun experience for all these kids. You know, they're on summer break from college. Man, what a blast. So when the players first arrive in Bellingham every summer, can you talk about what that experience is like and pull the curtain back a bit? Yeah, it's, it's always really, you know, a lot of our players, um, just because of the age range, it's generally 18 to 22. And a lot of our players are sometimes, about half the roster has not played summer league before. Some of them have played a summer league, but maybe this is a higher level than what they have played in the past. So maybe they lived at home and traveled back and forth or whatever. So for a lot of them, it's pretty new. The host family concept is new. Um, they, they instantly fall in love with Bellingham. Uh, Joe Martin Field is a really cool, iconic old stadium, and it also had some nice updates. So usually, you know, they'll show up, and I'll show them the stadium. I'll be like, this is so cool. And because they, you know, they all play at really cool stadiums as being D1 players, but that's not what they're expecting in the summer. They're not expecting this really cool, awesome town and this beautiful ballpark. So um, there's definitely a kind of a lot of awe the first, you know, 
we try to take care of them. We try to make sure they've got good gear, nice bus, all that. So there's generally, you know, some awe. But uh, the first couple weeks, you know, we've got guys coming in and out and temporary players and then guys are arriving when their season ends or when school ends. And so it's kind of hilarious because, you know, half of them don't know each other's names. Um, they're getting used to their host families. Everything's just very new. And then generally you go on a road trip about three weeks down the road and then they come back and they're, they're gelled, they're best friends, they're hanging out all the time. And so that's kind of, you know, it, it's just a, a kind of a feeling out period in that first couple of weeks. But it's, you know, our players couldn't be happier about Bellingham. So many of them end up trying to move back here or, you know, just coming to visit down the road because our community is just, A, amazingly supportive of the team. This isn't a situation where they play in front of 100 people every night. Like, our our community is very supportive of our team, and it's also just a great place to live, and, and they recognize that right away. So it's pretty cool to see that. So cool. Again, what a great experience for the kids. Shifting gears a bit, um, in 2022, the Corvallis Knights won their fifth WCL title. What is going on with that program down there? What's What's made them so good? Yeah. You know, I always tell people it's two things. One, they have some advantages um, that, you know, there's just some real tangible advantages that other teams don't have. So they play at Oregon State University in an amazing ballpark with every facility and every advantage that you could want as far as, you know, clubhouse training facility, um, batting cages, everything is next level. I mean, Oregon State is a top D1 program, and that is where they play. So they have every advantage that a top D1 program has. They also, they're out of Oregon State. So it, they've got a great relationship with Oregon State, one of the top, you know, programs in the country. And there's always a few guys who want to stay at home and play for the Knights in the summer and have access to their coaches and their training facilities. And But it's a phenomenal organization, top to bottom. And that that's ultimately, you could have all those advantages and, and not turn it into five championships in a row. Uh, really well-ran organization, very well-coached. They um, have a great outlook on it. They run their organization a lot like we try to, where we try to make these guys better people first and better athletes, um, you know, second, but we believe they can be done at the same time. They, um, they're really, they're really smart, savvy organization. They take good care of their kids. Their kids want to come back. They're development-centered. So their coach, Brooke Knight, is very, he's a great developer. They believe in, um, you know, not just baseball development, but they've got their guys doing yoga and, you know, other things as well. So um, it's just a really great program, and they've been able to build on their successes over time. And it's one of those things now everyone's like, all right, someone's got to find a way to knock them down. And I do think that will happen eventually. But um, it's just when you look around their organization, they are – they're well ran. They are well coached. Uh, they do. They just do a good job on a whole lot of levels, and um, because of that, they built a little dynasty. So interesting. Would you say that they're your favorite team to play, or who are like two or three teams in the league that you really look forward to on the schedule every season? Yeah, the Bells love playing Corvallis. Um, personally, we all have really great relationships with their front office ownership and um, and coaching staff, and so we love seeing those guys. We won the title in 2014 in a three-game series against Corvallis. Um, in 2016, we ended up in the championship again down at their place. Game three was one of the best games I've ever seen. They ended up um, winning with, you know, kind of a late push in the eighth inning. Um, and uh, and then since then, we've always been very competitive with them. It was two, two clubs that are really ran very similarly. So we love playing those guys, and, and that's always – you know, that's always our goal is, like, let's end up playing Corvallis and um, let's play them as tight as we can. So that they're a lot of fun to play. Uh, Victoria has become just kind of a natural rival for us. 
they're our closest team. You do have to get on a ferry, but they're our closest team, and they're very competitive. And they're one of the, I guess they've been in the league about ten years now. Um, but they always end up on our schedule because of the ge- you know, the geographical proximity, and they're just a lot of fun to play. So that's um, so that's been, you know, a fun one. And then the third one is uh, Ridgefield, which is a newer team for us. Um, they are, came in the league in 2019. Um, but I'm just personally really good friends with their GM, and it's always just really fun to go down there. They do a good job, and again, competitive, competitive teams, and play it the right way. And so those are, you know, I don't know that we have rivals in this league because the teams turn over every year, but it, it is really fun to play those three franchises. Okay, Corvallis, Victoria, and Ridgefield. I'll keep an eye out for those teams when they come up. Um, so I love to hear a little bit more about your story. How did you get into uh, managing the Bells? So I uh, grew up in Eastern Washington. I came here to Bellingham in uh, 2004 to go to Western. And my story is not new. I decided I wanted to stay in Bellingham after I graduated Western, like so many people do, just because I loved it here. And I started working at the Bellingham Herald as an account executive in 2008, which I really loved because I got to work with a lot of local businesses, got to meet a lot of people, and got to kind of figure out the sales and marketing world, um, working with, you know, small to medium clients. And I got to know a lot of people and expanded my network. And in 2011, Eddie Poplowski, who was um, the owner that hired me, came into town, bought the Bells, rebranded it, had this new vision for it, got a new mask, got new colors, like et cetera, et cetera. And he walked into the Herald one day and was just like, hey, I'm doing something really cool here and you guys should be a part of it. And so they were in my territory. I kind of got pulled into the meetings and we decided to do a partnership with them. And over the next three years, as it was so often, because I was working with small businesses who didn't have marketing directors, you know, they're leaning on me a lot, like, hey, what should this, you know, what should this look like? Or what should we do this? And so I really got to know Nick, who was the GM, and Eddie, who was um, the owner. I got to know them pretty well. We worked with them, um, you know, for a couple years on a partnership. And then one day I was sitting in their office right after their season had ended, and they were telling me, you know, they kept asking me if I knew anybody because they said they were ready to go from one employee to two kept telling them I didn't know anyone and then they were like we're actually just talking about you do you want to just come come work here and so um for me my whole I was I was an athlete I'm a sports fan I, I loved you know sales and marketing but I also I love sports I love how sports bring people together and it just seemed like an opportunity I I couldn't pass up and so I took the jump came over did sales and marketing uh was their second full-time employee and then had the good fortune to just um you know, get promoted a few times. Uh, the Bells sold in 2017. Glenn Kirkpatrick uh, kept me on as GM and worked with him for five years now, and it's been amazing. So that's how I got over here, and it's all been almost 10 years now. So, yeah, it's been fun. What a great story. You get recruited and, and obviously stay on for a while, so it must have been a positive experience for you. Okay, final question. This is a fun one. Um, if you could snap your fingers right now and have whatever changes made for the Bells that you want, what would you do? Yeah, it's such an interesting question because the obvious answer is like brand new stadium and 55 full-time employees, right, and all these things. But when I think about that, that doesn't that makes us not who we are. And um, that kind of takes the magic away, you know, in my mind. And so um, I don't really know, you know, we the changes that we want to make, we make. Like, you know, we're, we're doing this stuff at the ballpark. and But as far as like resources based, like a brand new stadium with – you know, a pool in center field like they have out in Florida or whatever, I think it kind of takes away from our small town magic. I think why people enjoy coming to games is because it's $9 for a ticket and parking is free and you can ride your bike and you can pay attention to the game 
or you cannot pay attention to the game and it really doesn't matter. And because sometimes I'm the one serving you your hot dog and they think that's funny because they look at my name tag and they're like, oh, that's great. So I think you know that is kind of what makes us who we are. And so as, yeah, we have changes in strategic growth things like, yeah, we'd like to be able to get more involved in youth baseball and, and help grow that segment. We'd like to be able to, you know, grow, keep growing our attendance, keep doing things to the ballpark. But um, as far as any like magic wand changes, I think that uh, that some of those would kind of take away the magic. So we'll stay the way we are for now. That is a good answer. I like that. You know, there is magic to the small town experience that the Bells have. I love that. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Yeah, thank you, Keith. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ.